You sound loud and clear. You can hear me? I mean, I can hear you here. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) You're the one with the fucking headphones. (laughs) I'm not surprised you can hear me. This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and hopefully thrill you. And uh, I am uh, Professor P. Soup, uh, international rock legend, radiant savant, amateur wildlife photographer, brother in the order of the Immaculate Edit... And a cat who knows just what to do when the elevator tries to bring me down. All right. Now, I, I at this point, regular listeners are expecting to have to wait in vain while I unload my needlessly wordy introduction. But tonight, I want to stir it up and be brief so that the audience doesn't, as one, get up, stand up, and leave in a mass exodus. That way, your tree little birds... Okay, it's only two. Sorry. Uh, can commence discussions and examples of our one love music. So, that will make it all the sooner we get to the Jamin. And uh, that's all. I think I'll shut my spliff hole and pass it over to our illustrious creator and showrunner, from whose radiance I must avert my eyes. Take it. Well, my goodness. I will say I'm going to tell you one more time we are on the same wavelength and you'll find out why. Well, I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent, A-S-N-T, and every man thinketh his burden is the heaviest. Revelation reveals the truth. Revelation. You'll find your redemption. Live if you want to live. Are you satisfied with the life you're living? Chances are. I know you're out there somewhere having fun. Every time I plant a seed, love has come to bloom again. Is this love that I'm feeling? Say something. What more can I say to you? You're the lucky one under the sun, singing sweet songs. Open up your heart. We are birds of a feather. Wow. Uh, we both did Marley. It's uh, it's pretty prescient. Uh, pretty prescient. <laughs> exactly. Oh, very well played. I mean, well played you, well, sir. Well, My goodness. Prescience isn't exactly played. It just kind of happens. <laughs> you know? I mean, well presciented. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, because, you know, we're doing this because it's reggae, right? This is the reggae uh, show. So we are both clearly inspired, and uh, we'll talk more about that shortly. But first, bird banter. And this time, we're going to talk about some of the most interesting and unexpected David Bowie collabs. Ooh. Ooh. Of course, the first one that springs to mind is one we discussed about in Strange Bedfellow, uh, Strange Nestfellows, sorry. But uh, there are no doubt others. No, no doubt was not one of them. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> They, Could be. Uh, they, we might be dis- mentioning them in passing. Uh, oh, how soon. interesting! Yes. All right. Well, prescience. Abounds. They didn't. They didn't submit, did they? Because I think they would fit on the show. They did not. But wouldn't that be wonderful? Damn. Oh, mm. Man, I should have reached out. So, what I've tried to do now, there are some that we're used to, like Mott the Hoople's "All the Young Dudes," John Lennon's "Fame," uh, Robert Fripp "Fashion," Queen "Under Pressure," Mick Jagger "Dancing in the Streets." Nile Rodgers and Stevie Ray Vaughan, Let's Dance, and Iggy Pops, Lust for Life, and The Idiot. We are not talking about any of those today. Why? Because we are talking about unexpected collabs, right? Not that any of those were expected exactly, but these 
might confuse and infuse you. <laughs> so, did you know that he did a collab with Cher in 1975? Now, was this recorded or was this on television? Because I saw them on television. On Do, television. Doing Young Americans or something? Can You Hear Me? Can You Hear Me? I love that song from Young Americans, but I think they did other ones too. Well, but I have seen them together because I'm that old. One of the perks of being old is I saw this when it was that first. Cool. Yeah, that too. I mean, you're around and you're thinking, I got to jump on everybody else's cool because I'm already here on this planet and this stuff is on TV. Seriously. Well, most of the year, Bowie spent recording station to station bringing on <laughs> binging of course on cocaine and exploring the occult he made time however for a surprisingly family-friendly appearance on Cher's cbs variety show he and Cher performed a melancholy duet of the young americans ballad can you hear me oh wow beautiful of course i'm a big fan of that whole album and uh, yeah uh, and it was an interesting i mean if you watch it if you go back and watch it i mean because you and not that you didn't watch it but you may not remember it it's pretty amazing I w- you know, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again because I've seen them doing something and it wasn't that. Or it's one of those memory things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I remember she was, yeah, I remember seeing them two together. And he was really, really skinny. And this was, like you said, station to station. This was the, the whole drug thing before we went yes. to Berlin. And, um, but he was brilliant, of course. And they were good together. And she, I, she's got a weird voice, but, you know, it's, it's good for duets, you know. I mean, it doesn't do anything for me for yeah. duets or otherwise, but... It's interesting. Interesting. It was very interesting and notable. Did you know he also did a collab with Luther Vandross in 1975 as well? No, I did not. He did Young Americans. So Bowie was... Oh, I know Luther Vandross is on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Bowie was a major early supporter of Luther Vandross's career, bringing a young R&B singer on to sing backing vocals on the Soul Influence Young Americans album and helped arrange vocals for the title track, when Vandross became a star in his own right, he returned the favor by covering Bowie's song in concert. Oh, very nice. Yeah, the, the backup vocalists he has on that record are just absolutely fabulous. I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. So. And Luther is one of yeah. my absolute favorite voices ever. Uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that, though. The fact that, you know, you see this R&B legend with this kind of, like, rock legend. You just, you don't always see that happening, and... It's really amazing. Did you also know that he did something with Tina Turner in 1984? Um, It was tonight. Bowie was instrumental in helping Tina Turner secure a recording contract with Capitol Records in the early 80s. And Turner appeared on the lilting title track from Bowie's Tonight. So Tonight had originally appeared as a dark, sinewy song on Iggy Pop's Lust for Life, which I know you knew. Yes. Yeah. Reviving it with Turner, he gave it a lilting reggae feel, so it seemed perfect for this particular show. Nice. So that's something you have to hear. I heard it earlier. Well, I've heard it like four times since I found out because I didn't know. No, me And neither. it's really cool. Oh, it I mean, but I love it. Tina Turner. So, yeah. I mean, well, the, those two voices. I'm come sorry. on. They're just so distinctive and so different, you know? So... The last one I want to mention is David Gilmour, right? Wow. I know, right? You're, I love the look on your face. Like, what the hell? Um, Arnold Lane in 2006. And again, these aren't all recorded, but uh, after staying relatively quiet in the wake of his heart surgery in 2004, Bowie surprised the crowd of London's Royal Albert Hall two years later by walking on stage during David Gilmour's set. Bowie finished the Royal Albert Hall set with a take on Comfortably Numb. Oh, I have seen that. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's fabulous. I've Uh, seen that. Perfect. Under psychedelic lasers and Bowie made the song unmistakably his own, of course, proving he'd lost nothing 
in the two years he was off stage. Wow. Yeah, I did catch that. It was beautiful. So there are five other honorable mentions. If there are other collabs you want to mention with David Bowie, other than the ones I mentioned, you can certainly share them. Other ones that are interesting, Arcade Fire, Massive Attack, Hmm. Trent Reznor. Any other collabs with David Bowie, you know, other than the ones we know that you'd like to mention? It's kind of an interesting backstory to a Rolling Stone song I was talking about not long ago that he is, and David Bowie was involved with. When the original rhythm track of their, the title track from their It's Only Rock and Roll album was recorded, it wasn't the Stones per se, it was Kenny Jones. When you listen to the record, you're actually hearing Kenny Jones and Phil Chan, I don't know, whoever the bass player was from Faces, and Ron Wood, and Bowie was there. It was actually wow. part of formulating that song, and he's singing back up on Young, Amer- on young Americans. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's only rock and roll, rather. Uh, so, yeah, he was involved with that, and... Um, you know, it's you listen to the record and you just figure it's the Stones, but it's actually those guys. And they just dolled it up with some guitars and, and put it out. But I can't think of any others. So you know, one was really interesting. I found, and I didn't want to mention it because it's just such a weird one, but it's a weird entry. He sung backup for Scarlett Johansson's album release. I think it was in 2008 that she released a whole album and he happened upon the recording session and did backup. And the only thing I can say is it's really too bad that you can't hear him over her because while she's insanely gorgeous and talented this is not her forte but oh it's so beautiful to hear him singing backup but it's also kind of a shame but i I, it was really cool but that's one that just kind of threw me i almost included it in the list but i thought that's just a weird one does anybody even know she recorded an album no i I didn't no yeah that's a you probably shouldn't like just don't do that but you know, when you're gorgeous and you're super popular and you're super talented, they'll try anything, right? Wow. Um, so anyway, that was an interesting little entry at the end there. So do you have a favorite collab? Oh, well, I know that's a tough one. Prob- I guess if under pressure counts as a collab. I it mean, does. yeah, it was not only a writing but a singing collab. That would probably be one of that probably be it. That's mine too. Yeah, yeah. It's not that the other ones aren't great, but God, that one is just Wow, it's a it's just it's next level for me. So, well, that ends bird banter. Hopefully, that was a little fun romp into weirdness. And now it's all up to you to do something. Which, thank goodness, I'm going to relax for a minute. I don't know. The clock is ticking on this throat here. The air the air conditioning at that damn pizza restaurant just killed me earlier on. So hopefully, I can moisten it enough to get through this brief bit, which is the theme recap that we do every week. Reminding you of what the theme was that we told you was going to be last time that is this time. And we're, as promised, it was reggae or ska. And again, we're usually pretty open to a little peripheral uh, venturing. What is reggae anyway? It's a little more complex than you might think. It originated in Jamaica in the late 60s. It evolved out of traditional mento, American jazz, rhythm, blues, and ska, and rocksteady music. And we also are accepting ska submissions here too examples of some reggae artists include of course bob Marley, peter tosh toots and the maytals jimmy cliff leno oops knocking things over in both studios here <laughs> leno banton runkus mortimer and more i don't know the last few but it's okay they're yeah. hardcore amazing some ska artists include the toasters operation ivy of course the mighty mighty boss tones no doubt definitely ska rock uh, Real Big Fish, 
Fishbone, Save Ferris. Is that actually named after that douchebag in the movie? Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Okay. No, no, no reflection on them at all. Here. My goodness. Uh, Sublime and more. All right. And uh, so we're going to bring you some music that fits somehow into this uh, category. It fits perfectly, perfectly, actually. And you will be richer for the experience, I promise. Which takes us to the first actual feature, unless you count Bird Banter, which is... Hell yes, or oh hell no, Verses. And for this feature, we consider bands and determine if we are in or out. We also ask you to weigh in because we want to know what you think. And then, of course, because we wouldn't be us if we didn't, then offer our own personal opinions. Or just pinions. This time it was Crosby, Stills, and Nash versus Peter, Paul, and Mary. And it was interesting results. So I did expect that there would be probably preference yeah. one over the other. Yep. But I didn't expect no love for Peter, Paul, and Mary. That kind of broke my little heart. Uh, so 98% said, hell yes to Crosby, Stills, and Nash. <laughs> and 2%... Uh, obviously, completely and totally just uh, what happened to you sort of people uh, liked neither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2% said no to both. A craven fear of commitment here, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, clearly. So I was surprised and, and I was kind of sad. Was. I Come on. Peter, Paul, and Mary is badass. I, I did figure it was going to be definitely out towards the uh, CSN side, but come on, folks. Peter, Paul, and Mary. percent No, no. I mean, I, I'm saying I grew up with them, but of course... A lot of us probably did. They're 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 fabulous. They're sweet and they're fabulous. They're yes. sweet, but I mean, CSN is brilliant. I will, Come on. there's no question about it. So, like I said, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with them too. But, jeez, I mean, no I, love. I, I, I say here, I'm castigating. I'm I'm shocked that people are voting the same way I would. You know, <laughs> <laughs> why is that? <laughs> but you can say I like them. Oh, I love them. Yeah, but I, there's not 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 one person was like, yeah, Peter, Paul, and Mary. It it was it wasn't even a hell yes or hell no. It was just neither. It's like I want someone else to say I I pick Peter Paul and Mary because I won't. You know, but <laughs> that's right. <laughs> somebody should vote for him. Somebody. I should. love them. I love them both. I do I'm surprised too. that the uh, that the no commitment ones. Yeah, neither. Me too. neither. I mean yeah, both. I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I actually kind of really admire the two percent because I'm I'm almost there too. Almost, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I I wish that neither one know, both same thing. You know? yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't get. Oh, I love both. There was no hell yes for both. There was just, yeah, both of them, no. I'm like, oh, yeah. all right. So fair enough. That's your opinion. Um, I like them both, but of course I have an affinity for CSN, of course. But Peter, Paul, and Mary are classic. Both classic folk heroes to me. They are, and my young life was so very much enriched back there in the Stone Age uh, listening to both of these <laughs> acts. My older siblings uh, introducing me to good funk as well as funk, folk, folk and funk. <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. Funky for the, folk? Yeah. <laughs> Just to clarify, I do not consider Peter Paul Mary a funk act. <laughs> that you know, would really it's fuck like, with that your would credibility. Be like the Grammy thing, Jethro Tull, heavy metal. You know, it's a lot That's closer, exactly. a lot closer than Peter Paul Mary is to funk. True yeah. that. But um, I, uh, they definitely uh, were just a sweet, sweet uh, supplement to my young life, as I said. And it's harmonies and harmonies. Oh, Come on, you cannot beautiful, beat beautiful harmonies. The harmonies of both of these groups is just, but. Crosby and Nash, those two voices, and then you add, I can't even. Yeah, I'm with you, 98%. Right. 98%, okay. fine. Salute you 2% for kind of giving into the sentimentality like I did, but uh, <laughs> like I would want to, but uh, I'm a coward. I would have gone with the crowd. <laughs> I'd have gone with the herd. <laughs> and here we are, herd mentality. Herd mentality. Uh, all right, time for a song. I suppose I've had to reprieve and a respite long enough. 
but it's a good one. You're going to be so glad we got to the Jamin. Now we're going to hear from a group called Blue Killa. That's Blue K-I-L-L-A, who started in Germany in 1985 before some of you young things in tender were even breathing on this earth. And they, So ska has been their business for all this time. And I, uh, because of the nature of the show, because we do a show every single week, uh, a lot of times, you know, we're last minute. Everything. I just heard this group today, and I got to tell you, I was so impressed. I went to check out more of their music on uh, Spotify, a number of their songs, and it's just fabulous stuff. I was so excited about this group. And while I found among the rest of their musical treasures, uh, Calypso style, more of a Caribbean sound, and more pure ska, and some outright reggae almost, this particular tune we're going to hear is uh, a really awesome stew of ska and big band swing, lots of horns, the kind of high-energy infectious jam you really hope to hear when you glide into a night spot uh, wearing your zoot suit, best-case scenario. And uh, this you're gonna, this is going to blow your hair back big time. From Blue Killer, this one is called Ska is Our Business. The animals are breaking out of zoo And the watchers don't know what they need to do Animals to make the hottest sound Animals can't stop them now Animals, it's the story of a band Calm down, calm down. Let's put an end to this Zoot Suit riot and uh, give it up once more for Blue Killers. Sky is our business. Uh, love that tune. They got a lot of great stuff out you can check out. And you can find them on Facebook at Blue Killer Official. All right. Well, Blue Killer is da bomb. I was very happy that they're on Bandcamp and they have just, like he said, so much amazing music. So, yes, I am with him. Do not miss it. Well, 
Talking about missing. Oh, yes. When we do Swan Song, which is this next feature, we discuss a band or artist's final work. Now, this could be for a multitude of reasons. It could be because the band broke up. It could be because somebody passed away. It could be because of retirement, right? It could be a million things. In this case, it is somebody that we lost. And the album is Black Star by David Bowie. And we haven't time to discuss every song on the album, so I'm going to focus on three songs. So the first song is Black Star. Now, the first time I heard this song, I knew it was genius in every way, and it's certainly one of my favorite songs ever. Um, Everything from the slightly dissonant opening to the disconcerting percussion to the somber yet hopeful vocal delivery, I knew the song was going to affect me deeply and forever, and it does. And at 9 minutes and 59 seconds, you might think this is an overindulgent track by an aging and soon-to-be-gone artist. It is anything but. The horns, I have to say, are truly the second voice in this song. They They just come in and out unexpectedly. Throughout the track, they are emotional, and they help David tell the story. And I call him David because I feel like I know him better than I've ever known him before through this album, through these tracks. And so you'll hear me refer to him as David, which I have never done before. It's always David Bowie or Bowie, right? But this feels more personal. I feel I feel like uh, a little more like he's part of me through these. He's become part of me, and uh, I'm become part of him through the music. So... The horns, again, to help him tell the story, and they are disapproving. They're frightened. They're indignant. They're mocking. They're mournful. They're angry. And at around four minutes, the dark, brooding, stirring track does something unexpected. It devolves and then resolves. Now, that's something that you would maybe expect at the end of a song, but you certainly don't expect it in the middle of a song. Now, albeit brief, this resolution is there in all its glory. The soundscape is momentarily uplifting and freeing. The melodic Black Star chants inject the derision felt in the first four minutes, and the edges once again begin to darken. And there's a resignation in the vocals at this point, as well as a refusal to acquiesce. He then becomes defiant again and stands his ground, and at seven and a half minutes, the horns return and bring us back to the solemn and sobering place we began. Only this time, it feels more peaceful in this place. Yes, the darkness widens and deepens, but there's an acceptance. And at just nine, and I guess after about nine minutes, the horns and percussion are more manic and begin to slow and devolve again. And there's a note that begins and remains until the end. There is nothing like this song. And there's nothing like this album. So again, as one of my favorite songs, I needed to dedicate some very serious time to that song. And I'm going to pause and ask you what you think of that song. Well, I knew this. I've been a big David Bowie fan since the 70s, but I had not heard this album. I was really reluctant to watch the Lazarus video, and it just seemed like so heavy and sad and everything. But at your recommendation, I listened to the album one night after we were hanging out, and that when that first track I was driving along in the dark just blew my mind. Black Star is just a magnificent song. I mean, it truly transports you, and you don't know where this kind of genius comes from and where these these ideas and this uh, the trip he takes you on it is uh, just a beautiful song, as you said. 
Yeah, so thank you. So Black Star is clearly something that moves me a lot. Like even just talking about it makes me super emotional. It's just that kind of a song. Um, The next song I want to talk about is Lazarus. And what I like about this is that the opening has a cure fill. And it begins very kind of, I don't know, it feels almost simply the way that it begins. And then it gives way to those mournful horns, which are part of every track on this. And really, again, that second voice. And this track appears to be kind of a naked and vulnerable David standing before us with nothing left to hide or lose. He sings, ain't that just like me? And and this is him maybe opening his own Pandora's box. I mean, what is there left to fear? He's about to be free just like that bluebird. Aren't we all, though, waiting for that moment, hoping it doesn't occur only when we close our eyes for the last time? At three minutes and 45 seconds, the horns return and flutter, and they sputter. And perhaps like that bluebird he references, it is singing beautifully before it gives way to eternal darkness. Lazarus is a haunting track that is really accessible but the more you listen the more you understand and the more you see him opening up before you and it's just it's just beautiful and just mind-blowing this this final album is unlike any of his other albums and he's always been somebody to blow your mind but to give us this gift before he left I just it's it's incredible any thoughts on Lazarus before I go to my last track? Yeah, it almost cheapens it because we use the word experimental so much, but that's what a lot of his music was, but it wasn't, you know, wild hit or miss, uh, you know, throwing fish heads at the ceiling kind of a thing. His music is so well crafted that even though it's the kind of thing you never heard before, nothing that has ever sounded like a definite song before, it's a self-contained world unto itself, and all, every track on this album is like that. And uh, there are some more, you know, a little more down-to-earth kind of rock and roll kind of things, but it's the really uh, startling tracks, like the ones you're singling out so far, that really define it as just a a completely unique work and an absolutely brilliant and unfortunately early end to the recording career of uh, this great artist. Absolutely. Well, you know, to your point, I actually am going to end with a song that's a a little less intense. Though, as we've talked about on many shows, I love the intensity and I love that music takes me on a journey and Black Star just, I mean, I'm completely gone when I listen to that song and I've listened to it four times to write this just because I wanted to get to that place. Um, And Lazarus does the same in a different way. But then you've got to talk about Girl Loves Me. If I didn't, I don't know. I just think I would be remiss. To begin with, David's vocals is an incredible way to open any song. It feels like it's going to be a light, fun song, but you're soon introduced to a modicum of darkness in his vocals and in little electronic flourishes. This song immediately endeared itself to me because of its liberal use of the word fuck. It is also a clever prog pop new wave tune that is playful yet purposeful. The bridge steals from his 1970s persona and his fucking perfection. It is a hybrid of David, both past and present. There is a simplicity in the percussion and bass that allows the horns and David to be seen and celebrated in all their glory. At 3 minutes, 25 seconds, there's an intermission. You can catch your breath just for a moment, and then all kicks back in, marching to the song's close. 
The electronic sounds add texture and ambience that further the brilliance of this track before it ends in a soft crescendo. This is one of those albums that you just have to buy. Even if you don't like Bowie and you didn't like anything he did before, which I I would never understand, but even if you didn't, this is the album I think to get. I know people would say, oh, go back and get this. Get Aladdin Sane. Get the, I'm telling you right now, get this and work backwards. <laughs> Start here. Um, it's really beautiful. And again, I just, to know what he went through to make this album, to know that he pushed himself to the absolute <laughs> breaking point two days, you know, released two days before he died. Um to receive this and to have him die is both beautiful and just heartbreaking. But he did it as much for himself as he did for us. Well, I think an artist has to. I mean, you have to do it for yourself. You can't manufacture music. Well, I mean, you could, I suppose. But it wouldn't sound anything like David Bowie, obviously. You couldn't make something like that up. I mean, this, a lot of the stuff that's peddled off as pop music today is you could a computer could do. This is real. Uh, this is real innovation. This is real genius. Uh, the stuff he does... And, you know, you talked about his uh, his other works and everything. As of the time, 1994, when he made, uh, about that time, when he made uh, Black Tie, White Noise, he said it was, it was the best thing he'd done so far. I sincerely hope he rated this album higher because it's much, much better than a great deal of what he's done since then, mm-hmm. as great as that was. I have a, number, a smattering of his albums throughout his entire career. And uh, this is one of his uh, one of his best, absolute best, maybe not the in my book, but one of the best. And you said, you know, calling him David, I think he... Wanted to be thought of that way because he was always so approachable. I mean, he writes these lyrics that honestly we don't understand half the time, uh, and so it makes me feel stupid. But he, <laughs> he always, uh, I think he wanted to be simple and unpretentious, and he showed this all the time. He would go on TV, on talk shows, and tell jokes and clown around and do skits and everything. He's a very loose and funny and underworld guy, and he would sing. Iman was on one day, his his widowed wife. Uh, talking about, hey, we would sing dumb romantic songs to her he'd make up off the top of his head. I think that's the way, and he called his first live album David Live, so I think he did want to be that kind of guy. And um, this, uh, some of his music sounded really heavy, and he said they really didn't mean anything, and this album, of course, I believe they do, and uh, it's it's much, it's very different for that reason, and uh, it is a, it's a trip, it really is, and, and I've, I listened to it, I think, three times since I first heard it, but I really got to go back and hear it again because uh, you're reminding me. And I hope a lot of the listeners are like, you know what, I really got to check that album out. Uh, because you're reminding me just how just how outstanding it was. And even in terms of an incredible recording career like he's had. I mean, Absolutely. he's been cranking out brilliant albums since the late 60s. And uh, this one uh, is quite a, quite a coda there. Uh, as uh, tinged with sorrow as it might be, it's definitely uh, something you got to hear. Absolutely. And, you know, with no disrespect to his earlier catalog, I love it all, but none has moved me so profoundly as this has, and none has been quite as advanced in in uh, composition and thought and lyric as this. So I'm really excited that I have the opportunity to share my thoughts with you. And, and as David mentioned, well, <laughs> David Moore mentioned, I hope you will give a listen to Black Star. Yeah, I, I like being called David too, so I'm I'm, I'm like <laughs> Bowie in that way. That's something Bowie and I have in common. <laughs> oh, that was so moving and so emotional. And anyone who knows anything about David Bowie or has heard any of his music has to be affected by that tribute and just by the memory of him and and what he brought into our world in music. And uh, I think we need to uh, shake off the old blues by 
playing another sweet, sweet ska or reggae tinged uh, composition here. Once again, popping over to Europe. Sugar Spank and Blend Mishkin from Athens. Not Athens, Georgia. Athens, Greece. <laughs> the real Athens. And uh, this, uh, the genre is reggae, kind of. But honestly, when this song began, it starts as kind of like a classic retro jazz blues torch song with uh, or something maybe like a Gershwin show tune or something. And shortly, a reggae rhythm kicks in and everything changes. And this is the kind of tune that could work anywhere, uh, in a dance club, in a bar, at the beach, anywhere. And there are some tasty guitars that really kind of lend a Latin enough feel to it where it could almost pass for a Santana song. It's got kind of a BB King, The Thrill is Gone thing going. It's just a sweet, sweet melting pot of delicious musical ideas. And the message, or the lyric, uh, you know me in comprehension, but the way it sounds, at least... This lady, Sugarspank, is the singer here, has been uh, being told she was a lost cause since the age of three. Now, that's a real drag. That's a drag. Okay. That's unfortunate. And, uh, however, uh, if I'm reading this right at the end, she says, I thought wrong. So she comes to realize, you know what? Don't listen to when people will tell you lost cause. Great message and a really great, beautiful song from a terrific act. As I said, Sugarspank sings and Blend Michigan plays keyboards, and there's a lot of great musicianship here, a lot of great vocals here. You're going to love this song, which is called Lost Cause. I was born a lost cause. My mama told me so every day since I was three. Now I'm old. Took half my youth to make believe, another half to feel the whole. Give it up. 
feel encouraged by that you're not a lost cause i don't care if you've been told since you were three two one and i am so excited that uh, christina turned me on to this because she's been beating the bushes doing all the hard work as usual because she's love got me some band because she's got so much spare time that you know, uh, you know she just has to fill it up somehow or she'll get into trouble don't worry so. don't, i don't work i don't drink what do i do that's right what you do i mean you don't eat or sleep or mow the lawn i don't know i don't you of course find, listen to music all day long all day long <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's out there. I thought you were going to say it. There are probably a few people out there going, hey, wait a minute. He's wait not going to say that. No, he's not, is he? We're so sorry, Sugar's Bank and Blend Michigan, for uh, hijacking the end of your song here. And you can find them on Facebook at Blend Michigan. It's blend like it sounds. It's one word again. Uh, Sugar's Bank is one word. Sugar with an H. Spank is one word. Just like Blue Killer was one word. It's uh, something. It's a ska thing, I guess. I, I don't quite get it. Uh, you can find them at uh, Blend Michigan. That's Blend, like it sounds, M-I-S-H-K-I-N, and Facebook. Okay, so it's time for Hawkward Lyrics. So for this feature, we weigh in on nonsensical, strange, crazy, or just bullshit song lyrics. And this time, I've selected a doozy. It is The Reflex by Duran Duran. Now, you might be thinking, well, wait, that's a totally benign song, pop song. I love that song. It's great. Yeah, but it's fucking ridiculous. So... I'm going to give you a couple of little, just little examples here and there, because you may not recognize how weird they are. So mm. so just a little, just going to start at the very beginning. You've gone too far this time, and I'm dancing on the valentine. Sure, who doesn't? Yeah. Right? I'll tell you somebody's fooling around with my chances on the danger line. I'll cross that bridge when I find it. Another day to make a stand. Oh, whoa. High time is no time for deciding. If I should find a helping hand. Oh, whoa. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? What are we saying? Then we go on to, why don't you use it? Try not to bruise it. Buy time, don't lose it. Why don't you use it? 
So then it says, the truly strange part, the reflex is a lonely child who's waiting by the park. The reflex is a door to finding treasure in the dark. And watching over Lucky Clover, isn't that bizarre? Every little thing the reflex does leaves you answered with a question mark. Now tell me, David, what the fuck does that mean? You know, I... I've always, I love Duran Duran. I've always known that song. I've heard it a bunch of times. Never did I pick up on most of the lyrics, you know, except for The Reflex is a Lonely Child, Isn't That Bizarre, blah, 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 a few of those. Mm-hmm. But I never pieced them together to have any meaning. And now, having them all read end to end, I, under, I realize because there apparently isn't any. I think it's this is... Whack. I think this is like Duran Duran's version of Whiter Shade of Pale or something. <laughs> 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 that kind of thing, you know. Well, here's a little bit more, just to see if maybe this clears it up for yeah. you. Yeah, oh, good. Think this might clear it right up. I'm on a ride and I want to get off, but they won't slow down the roundabout. I sold the Renoir and the TV set. Don't want to be around when this gets out. Yeah, you had me going. That It almost made sense for a minute. Right. Uh, on the roundabout, okay, we're you know chasing, we're working, blah, 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 chasing our tails and everything. We got rid of all the stuff. We're trying to survive. But then it goes off the rails into what the hell? You know? Yeah, again, so why don't you use it, try not to bruise it, buy time, don't lose it. And then it goes into the child thing and the creepy stuff and that the reflex leaves you answered with a question mark. So there are so many theories what this song is about. Uh, uh, theories? Have they ever weighed in on it? Or I don't uh, want to spoil it. But. Not that I'm aware okay, of. I don't think Duran Duran has uh, shared what the song is truly about. So what is the reflex, David? Let me just ask you that question. What is the reflex? Because that's what this is talking about, is the reflex, right? It's a lonely child. Reflex is a door. So we know that that's what the reflex is. And, oh, the reflex, what a game. He's hiding all the cards. The reflex is a door to finding treasure in the dark. What is the reflex to you? I, I have it, Nothing makes any sense. I mean, if it were a song about some impulse, some thing, some rash thing to do, or some, you know, uh, something that we were compelled to do, driven by, you know, some primal instinct or something like that, anything, any, any knee-jerk reaction, anything, I'd go, okay, yeah, that's the reflex. Good or bad, you know, right. probably problematic, but... None of it seems to add up, and I'm glad it's not just me. Uh, if there are theories, that means it's not plainly obvious. It's certainly which not. Which comforts me a bit, because I didn't get much out of it, except for it's the kind of thing I would enjoy singing, and it's right. it's, you know, it's great. It uh, seems w- nonsensical. wouldn't bother me that it didn't mean anything. A lot of songs don't mean much to me. But it's awkward. Uh, it's pretty awkward, I guess, yeah. I'm and, just saying. And crazy bullshit, it fits a number for of sure. these uh, criteria, check, I think. Check, 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 yeah. absolutely. Checking some boxes, yeah. So, so what are the theories? The theories are it's about a gambling addiction. It's about drug addiction. It's about Simon's penis. It's about masturbation. Hmm. It's um, kind of a reflection. <laughs> totes. And um, the, there's a, another question is, is it an object? Is it individual? Is it a metaphor? Right? So what is it? So I have my thoughts. So now that you have some of those in your mind with those weird-ass lyrics, any guesses or any thoughts do you agree with any of those do you disagree do you see one over the other because are they on there mm-hmm. oh good can i see we'll cut this out i just want to see mm-hmm. now if they make any sense in light of any of those uh suggestions so i'm watching okay, david yeah. and i see the wheels turning and i see that he has come up with something brilliant for what the reflex means i'm afraid that is not what happened um <laughs> however but in light of some of the theories put forth um, I'm going with, if anything, 
once the force of suggestion, although there were several suggestions there, the one that kind of resonates with me a little bit, it still doesn't make any damn sense, is the gambling one. Because of talk about chances and luck and things like that, there are words in there, little little key words that, you know, gone too far this time, and there, you know, there are hints at that. So, if anything, I would guess that. But it might deliberately be uh, murky, uh, muddy, uh, so it, it works as a song, and that's all that really counts. But uh, does it? I I'm, mean, is that the only thing that counts? Uh, I'm a lyrics person. Yeah, I'm a lyrics Even person with too. Pop songs. I and I, I and I wish I could write stuff like this. Uh, I write stuff that makes sense, and I wrote in summation. It doesn't really make sense. That's true. That's, that's one of my nonsensical yeah. songs. I mean, the only song I ever wrote that didn't make sense, I was militantly being ridiculous and not making any sense, was Birdman. Apart from that, they mm. all make sense. Uh, although people have seen meaning in that one too, just people like have seen just like wetter should appeal. Yeah, oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, when you got a video, especially to force some suggestions into their heads. Well, With yeah. this one, I'm thinking gambling might have sort of been in mind, but I don't think there's anything linear about it. I don't think it's complete. I think fragments are thrown in there. And with a bunch of inert ingredients, basically. <laughs> well, I like your thoughts, and I see where you're going with it. I happen to think it's about drug addiction. Because I'm thinking about, you know, the things like uh, with my chances on the danger line, I'll cross that bridge when I find it, another day to make my stand. High time is no time for deciding if I should find a helping hand. Oh. So it's like, oh, I don't know if I should find help, if I should try to get help while I'm high, because that's probably not the right time. And then the reflex, which is drug addiction, is a lonely child who's waiting in the park and is a door to finding treasure in the dark. Now, that could be a drug dealer. That could be sobriety. It could be a few things. And watching over Lucky Clover isn't that bizarre. Like, I feel like maybe he's he or it or whatever is like kind of watching over him. So thinking you've been lucky so far. You know, so these are the kinds of things like every little thing the reflex does leaves you answered with a question mark. Like, you know, this is these are all the things that happen. But at the end, there's no resolution. And then selling off your shit. Yeah. To buy more drugs. Don't want this to get out. So why don't you use it? Try not to bruise it. Maybe that's intravenous drugs. I yeah. Mean, try not to leave conspicuous track yes. marks on your arm. Yeah. And so the it, going, going too far. You know, that thing does make a certain sense. Yeah. And, um... And then the reflex, what a game. He's hiding all the cards. The reflex is a door to finding treasure in the dark. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the part one. It's just a little like, you know, the the drugs, the addiction holds all the cards. Well, and finding treasure in the dark could be, uh, could be, of course, in this uh, obscure theory here, uh, a reference to illuminating the dull and mundane as the, the addict sees it and everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's Could so be. boring and dull and everything, but this lights things up. Drugs light this up for me. I never feel good when, except when I'm on drugs. So, I mean, there's so much that could be read into it. But then, I also agree with the masturbation thing because, sadly, if we think about the, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll take my chances on the danger line. I'll cross that bridge when I find it. To me, it's kind of like that autoerotic asphyxiation, you know, asphyxiation oh. thing where they go too far, they take it to the edge, you know, they'll do whatever it takes to feel that good again. Um, the only thing that doesn't really resonate is I sold the Renoir on the TV set. Don't want to be around when this gets out unless it's like, well, in case I die, I got rid of everything. Yeah, so, like, for example, the a great uh, actor and musician we lost that way. And now everybody knows because they're dead and they couldn't very well cover up the tracks, you know. So uh, that, but you, the selling stuff more lines up with gambling with and drugs. With gambling yeah. or drugs, no drugs yeah. yeah. So interesting. I thought it was very interesting. Fucking Hawkward. 
I'm just saying these are some weird ass batshit crazy lyrics. But I liked the thoughts around it, and I don't know if the reflex is an object, individual, or metaphor. I just know I like the fucking song, and the video doesn't help because it's just a live video. Yeah, you know, and you wish they would just <laughs> say, okay, we'll clear this up for you. you yeah, know. here's a video that uh, tells you where we went, or here's... But I guess, you know, that's part of it. What is the reflex? Well, the reflex is whatever you want it to be. And the band has never said, okay, well, everybody's got it wrong. It's right. like this. Or this is what the those of you who is. say this... But they don't. Sometimes I couldn't they find don't. anything. Yeah. No, no. So maybe if you found that out there, if you find something about what the reflex really means from Duran Duran itself, uh, let us know. Both on air at gmail.com and we will reveal the truth about the reflex. All right. From Hawkward lyrics to a very cool, but some may find it Hawkward name. I think it's absolutely charming. Bite Me Bambi with a song called Like That. They are from the OC and they are ska through and through. Now, this, to me, is the best of ska and pop worlds. It's energetic, it's hooky, it's memorable, and kicks ass all at the same time. Now, we, Ascent, shared a stage with Karate in the Garage a while back, and I'm excited to see that their former singer, uh, Talina, is uh, performing and sharing her lovely, slightly punky, yet perfectly melodic voice in this new venture with her trombone-playing husband. You must watch this video as it is one part the grease pink lady slumber party and to get back at that asshole romp all at once. I, myself, am committed to learning the dance that Talina and her accomplices are performing. You should learn it too and then we can recreate it together. You in?
well, don't do me like that, don't treat me like that, or <laughs> there is some very serious fate that befalls the uh, the jerk in this scenario. So you want more Bite Me Bambi? Of course you do. You can find them on Facebook at B-M-B-S-K-A-B-A-N-D. And tell them Christina of Ascent sent you. And Christina from Birds of a Feather also. Exactly. Well, actually, they won't know you by that, so <laughs> go with what she said. Uh, whenever there's, uh, whenever she says something and I say something, just kind of go with what she says. Ign- <laughs> ignore me. Yeah. Except for now, because I'm going to do a, a bit here, and we want you to listen to that, even though I'm doing it. A bit, a feature, a, a bit, thing. A bit, a feature, yes. Yeah. Sometimes I call them bits, I'm sorry. Uh, or gotta, features or things. Uh, you it's know fun. how I got to be led along with a bit in my mouth, you know, so... <laughs> He did not just say that. that, Yeah, that's what I meant. Stop horsing around. Stop horsing around. (laughs) I don't mean to be a naysayer, but... uh, You shouldn't. You uh, shouldn't. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. hey, Oh, boy. All right, let's bridle all this wit and uh, proceed here. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) With a feature called Cinema Calling. I just wish you were more stable. More stable, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I should have just left it. I couldn't. Oh, man. All right, for this feature, that would be Cinema Calling. We share how much, 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 how how much, 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 but I don't think we've discussed an instance like tonight's example, which is a testament to uh, the filmmaker's genius, the selection of the far-reaching, generation-spanning, eclectic, and pitch-perfect songs and pieces used in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. Hell Christina's yes. over going, hell yeah. That is some good, that's a right? good one. Hell yeah. Uh, they, of course, must be treated as one film because they were, in fact, originally going to be such. True. Yeah. Uh, let it be said that Quentin Tarantino is, in the words of one YouTube poster, the master of the mixtape. Uh, this is basically what we have in the two soundtracks, but there is so much more. I don't care if it's egocentric or not, but I think it's brilliant that he also includes snatches of conversation on the soundtracks. Brilliant. Because his his dialogue is sheer poetry, it so why not? poetry. I mean, you want to hear about foot massages and royales with cheese and shit, you know. Now, Kill Bill follows the exploits of a group known as, wait for it, the... Deadly Viper Assassination Squad, which has to be the most hilariously goofy organization name of all time, Ever. with the possible exception of the Impossible Missions Force. I mean, that, that, that could... That could. That's really so lame. Oh, shit. Great scene in Mission Impossible 3 oh, where Ethan Hunt, Tom, Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt tells his wife that's what they're called, and she's like, shut up. <laughs> it does. It sounds absurd. You know? All of a sudden, Cobra Kai seems cool. Right. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, all of these assassins, and that's exactly what they are, uh, are named after snakes. And our vicious, merciless protagonist, and this is what passes for a good guy in a Quentin Tarantino movie, is Uma Thurman's Beatrix Kiddo, a.k.a. The Bride, whose team name was Black Mamba. Tarantino's mixtape soundtrack choices are, in many cases, simply demented, <laughs> yeah, but always brutally appropriate, and in some ways take the edge off the mind-bending carnage unfolding before you on the screen. So, so dead on false <laughs> accurate. <laughs> body, plart, body parts flying every which way, and blood gushing as if from a fire hose, you know... A, <laughs> A good old tune is most welcome sometimes. It's perfect. It's a perfect (laughs) distraction (laughs) from the carnage. (laughs) 
since his films, regardless of the setting or time period, are essentially spaghetti westerns. You know, which is was the creator's vision of our favorite crime show, Breaking Bad. It's, oh, yes. Uh, and the music's real important there, too. It's Absolutely. only suitable that one of the composers he borrows from is Ennio Morricone. His films are also an homage to black exploitation pictures, martial arts movies, and anything of a schlocky grindhouse nature in general. Exactly. We also get Surf Rock, Johnny Cash, Rapper, the RZA, the Wu-Tang Clan, Isaac Hayes, and in one of the most inspired applications... The title theme from a 1968 psychological thriller called Twisted Nerve by Bernard Herrmann is a frequent Hitchcock composer who also scored such iconic films as Citizen Kane and Taxi Driver. Oh, my God. Those are brilliant. (laughs) Right? Uh, In in Kill Bill, the Bernard Herrmann theme, if you don't know it, by the name, you'll know it by the whistle. And it's used by Daryl Hannah's character, L. Driver, a.k.a. California Mountain Snake, with the... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> he must crack up right in this he shit. He has to be, just laughing his ass off. With the Red Cross patch over her missing eye, uh, decked out as a nurse, sashays down the hospital corridor, intending to give a lethal injection to the bride as she lies comatose. Well, how did she get comatose? Oh, there's a story. <laughs> At the beginning of the picture, we catch the very coda of a scene that would unfold later, wherein the bride, attempting to leave the life, and also her lover Bill, the title character and leader of the group, is attempting to settle down incognito and have a small wedding at a quaint little church. Bill finds her, and after a deceptively sweet and amiable reunion where he wants to take his one last look, the rest of the squad comes in, massacres everybody, Great. savagely beats the unmistakably pregnant kiddo within an inch of her life before, immediately after she informs Bill the baby is his, he puts a bullet in her head. Sure. Yes, like folks. You do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's what was he supposed to do? Right. Yes, folks, if you haven't seen it, it's that kind of picture. <laughs> I think you're making him want to run out and watch it. This leads to one of the most brilliant uses of a song in a film you're liable to ever see, though. As the opening credits roll, Nancy Sinatra sings the Sonny Bono penned song, Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty messed up, to be sure, but it fits like a samurai sword in a sheath. And uh, <laughs> speaking of samurai swords, our, nice segue. Thank you. Our quote, heroine, end quote, survives and not only recovers, but does so to a degree where she's able to hack to bits a large group of mercenaries called the Crazy 88. And this is immediately after a Japanese group called the 5678s plays live a joyfully mindless surf rock cover tune called Woohoo! I know that song. Don't know the words to that one? Of course you do. I just told you. It's (laughs) Woohoo! That's it. It's absolutely great. It's a great story about how Tarantino discovered this group, too. He was uh, in a clothing store in Tokyo, just about to leave the country. I'm always there. You know? And uh, he heard this group playing and he wanted to buy the CD from the store and they're like oh I can't do that so the manager was summoned and he bought the CD right there and brought it home and lucky break for these ladies they ended up in this movie so that's wow. very cool we also get trumpet master Al Hurt's theme to the television series The Green Hornet okay. I mean this is Tarantino <laughs> and what would a spaghetti western be without some Mexican music of course the soundtrack features Malaguena Salarosa which has been covered get this I, I just found this out over 200 times Wow. By acts ranging from Placido Domingo mm-hmm. to Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, to The Tubes on their debut album and so much more, so many more people. And just as the first film began with an incredibly haunting version of a pop tune, that's Bang Bang, uh, so does it end with Volume 2, 
Sex Pistols impresario Ma- Malcolm McLaren, the you know manager of the group, uh, clothing store operator, and everything you can think of, uh, sings about her, which is essentially a reworking of the Zombies hit, which was later a hit for Santana too, called "She's Not There." Uh, in a climactic scene where, having exterminated the deadly Viper assassination squad and countless others along the way, the bride comes face to face with Bill for one last time, and our storyteller. Quentin Tarantino is also quite adept at coming up with ridiculous names and concepts like the one that appears in the finale, the Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks of this shit? Love it. I, you know, I do hope the band is kicking him a few bucks here and there for that name, you know, because that, that is a group name. And since the American Medical Association has not come right out and said that it's not legitimate, I'm assuming this is a real thing. <laughs> Just me, yeah. Uh, now, you know, even if you're not a fan of the bitter hatred, brutal vengeance, and ugly violence, which seems to be what Quentin Tarantino usually wants to bring to the screen, great, great dialogue, though. Great oh, scripts. Fantastic. fantastic. You still got to give it to him that he is the king of the mixtape, and this might even be time for another Crazy Quilt reference. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, you know, the script is fabulous, as I said, and we get some brilliant performances from the likes of David Carradine, Uma Thurman, Daryl Hannah. And uh, everything I said about Kill Bill's soundtrack could also be applied to Pulp Fiction. Fantastic. Right? So there's no question, but in this cinema calling, the uh, selection of songs and compositions greatly, nay, immeasurably, enhances this brief film cycle. Mm, Very excellent, excellent representation of a cinema calling, if I've ever heard one. Thank you so much, David. My goodness. And I do think I need to go out and buy that soundtrack, or those soundtracks as it was, uh, because even Desperado has an amazing soundtrack. So, again, carnage, pain, death, horror, dismemberment, whatever, neck-breaking, amazing soundtrack. Amazing soundtrack. And, uh, I mean, the visuals also on his movies are incredible. So everything about a Tarantino movie from his, you know, his music selection to his dialogue to the way, the cinematography, everything, direction is brilliant. So, yes, Cinema Calling, I think you could do any Tarantino film. Yeah. Like you said, you know, Pulp Fiction, just drop in Desperado, drop in any of them. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, you're down. So, thank you. Well, you know what? It is time for the last band we're presenting during today's show, and it is the Band Loose. And the song is Love a Woman. Oh, can I cue the... Aww. I can do that. Ready? You can, yes. I can. You can. They are from Portland, Oregon. They're ska, reggae, and soul. So this is a little bit of everything. Now, this is a great throwback to the 60s. It's part Beatles, part Elvis, and part Little Richard. This is a good time rock and roll song with gravelly vocals, a killer hook, and pop sensibilities. Now, the bass is holding it down with 12-bar blues, and the organ is percolating and fun. I'll get you, it'll get you dancing and longing for the 60s all at once. This is a band to watch. This is Love a Woman.
So where can you find the Bandaloos? Well, let me help you. It's the B-A-N-D-U-L-U-S on Facebook. Enjoy, listen, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Oh, my goodness. You know what time it is. Feature time? Feature time. Time for me to hit the door? Yeah, time for you to hit the door. All right. All right, then. It's time for a pair, one of a pair of rotating features, or recurring features, called various songbirds. <sighs> and I'm yeah. I, I, I hope they do, truly are excited by they this They are. One. For this feature, we uh, name lines from songs and try to stump each other in head-to-head battle. This is the various mm. songbirds battle royale, as we like to call it. And I, I find this one more challenging, uh, not only because, <laughs> you know, you got to... It's, tunes are so much easier. Hummingbirds is so much easier. Lala birds is so much easier. You think it is, but you keep kicking my ass. So yeah, and about that, I was going to say it's it's more challenging in coming up with lines that they that you hope they will get that you really truly sincerely try to help them and spoon feed them and give them cotton balls. Um, but uh, to find one that. Wherein uh, she's not going to whine and snivel about, oh, you're being mean to me and everything. I'm really trying not to. And I think, and I know there are times when you don't want to hear things, and this is one of those times where I just don't want to hear that you don't know these songs because I pick songs that I know you know. 
So, you know, here's the good news about David is that he never, like, you know, tries to make me feel bad and say that I'm sniveling or whining or anything. He just says, you know what? She takes it like a champ. Oh, wait, no, he didn't fucking say that. <laughs> and and as a bonus, you're dense if you don't get these songs. That's it. <laughs> exactly all of that is, in, all of that is implied. All implied. There's subtext you know, up the ass right there. Subtext up the ass. I find that. Seriously. I'm just practicing my subtext okay. for my next script. You know? Well, I will say, <clears throat> if you don't get these fucking songs, I... I I think various songbirds battle royale might have to be retired. Then I shall. That's how easy this shit is. Then I shall. <clears throat> Same here. Same here. I mean, we'll we'll see. You say that every time. I'm going to go first, and I can't wait to see the look on your face because I pretty much. I mean, if I could actually just beam this shit into your brain, you would. It's that easy. So, let me whisper in your ear. Say the words you want to hear. I'm in love with you. I love that one. I do you do want too. to know a secret by the Beatles? Okay, Excellent. so what was that not the fucking sweetest thing you've ever had handed to you? That was that was on on a on a silver tray. Thank you. Yeah, silver tray. All right, um I'll start with the easy one, I think. Um <laughs> Oh fuck you. I, I mean the, I mean the easiest one. They're all easy. Whatever. Dream if you can a courtyard, an ocean of violets in bloom. <laughs> right? Come on. <laughs> this is popcorn here. Does cry, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> See, it made me laugh. I, I out easied you. You so did. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pretty much. Was, here comes the plane. <laughs> And, oh, here comes a plane. Let me open your mouth for you. That's right. I mean, here that, comes the was, that was pretty serious. There was no okay. cod liver oil that, that time. Yeah. No. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Spirits are using me larger voices calling. What heaven brought you and me cannot be forgotten. Oh, nice. I have been around the world. Why, this wouldn't be the group under discussion tonight. Crosby, Sills, Nash, Southern Cross, maybe? No. Oh, my God. Couldn't be, oh right? Oh, my God. Couldn't be. There might be some sort of, I don't know, some because sort of intention. Those lines, when I, when I, those lines are indelibly etched in my mind with those gorgeous harmonies. Yes, you can and hear you it. you know it's a Southern Cross. Fantastic song, by the way. One them. of my favorite songs wow. ever. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the hard one now, the, the least... Easy, sorry. Hmm. You might. There's a, there's a remote chance. I'm sorry. There's a remote chance you might not get this. But so, but you don't want to hear that I w- that it was hard. I I, I want to hear. I'm willing to hear at least that this one's hard. Okay. The other one. So just no. so you guys know, he said he was going to be fucking sweet, and that's not whatever happens. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to hear that this one was too hard. Okay. I was raised by a toothless bearded hag. I was schooled with a strap right across my back, and who among us was not? You know. I mean, I was at least twice. I have no idea what that is. Toothless bearded hat. Oh, I'm so, okay. Um, well, the very next line will give it away, so let me try that again. I was raised by a toothless bearded hag. I was schooled with a strap right across my back. But it's all right now. In fact, it's a gas. Oh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Thank you. Rolling Stones. I was I raised did not get that one. by a toothless bearded hag. I went to the second verse because... Maybe she said Crossfire Hurricane. Yeah, well, we, we, we talked about that last time, though. That's well, the problem. I'm just, yeah. So if you were going to give me a fucking softball, that's what would have happened. Okay, well, you got it. And I did not give you the title of the song. I just said, it's all right now. In fact, it's a gas, and you got it. So that counts. Mm, you got no, no. All right. You got it from the words alone. I just I don't want to hear it giving me charity because I'm not a charity case. No, you don't want to hear that, and I didn't want to hear anything. Well, I would have been willing to hear that time, <laughs> but okay, uh, okay. You probably don't want to hear something from me on this one. So go ahead. 
I sat on a rug, biding my time, drinking her wine. Oh, wow. We're on a Beatles kick tonight. Uh, isn't it good, though? Norwegian wood? It I is. mean, it is, you know. That, that, was, that was a gimme. That was a real gimme. I'm sorry, I mean, there were three gimmies. I mean, I almost feel... I almost feel... That you're condescending to me. <laughs> Stop it, folks! I'm I can't I'm fucking kidding. win. I can't fucking win. <laughs> I always feel insulted. You think <laughs> think I'm stupid? Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think I'm senile, right? Like, oh fucking. <laughs> okay. Now this is one where it's going to be like, okay, I'm going to hear it on this. Like one. a I'm dove's sorry. cry thing. Well, no, no. This is one of those ones like Jumpin' Jack Flash. You know? Great. All right. Um, who's the hunter? Who's the game? I feel the beat. Call your name. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. I don't want to tame your animal style. You won't be caged in the call of the wild. Uh... All right. One more line. It's not the title, so it's okay. still fair game. All right. Shooting at the walls of heartache. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bang, bang. We're done here. I am the warrior. Is that... Oh, is that... Okay, wait, wait. Is that the motels, or is it... It's not quarter flash. I am the warrior. It's not the motels. No. Fuck. Hang on. It's not quarter flash either. No, it's not. <laughs> Fuck you. It's not the waitresses. Hang on. Berlin? Super cheesy video. Picture the super cheesy video. Super cheesy video painted face. This is this suffers from the curse of the eighties video. Shooting it's at not the missing walls persons. Who the fuck is it? Uh-oh. I know this I, band. I, I'm I really, dying. You know the song? I really thought. I would have thought. You talk, talk. Wait, no, wait. Who's the hunter? Who's the game? I feel the beat. I call your name. I figured you would have got it from that. Sorry about that. But okay. You know it's The Warrior by... Fuck. I can see the video. I can't remember the name of the band. And we'll probably take either the lead singer's name or the band name in this one because we're so accommodating. Because it's it's often described as both. Uh, you know, it's not Berlin. It's not. Uh, yeah, I've named like a million girl bands, and boy, it's really—it's right there. It's gonna piss me off. I feel it. It's kind of scandalous that you don't know this. Oh, it's scandal! <laughs> oh, you got it. Good, just in time. <laughs> Fuck! I can't believe I couldn't remember scandal. Oh, Patty's my scandal. That's right. Because I can see the video, but I could not remember the name. Oh. It's just like. Try though you okay. might, you can never quite forget that video. Oh God! No. I mean, this you can't is, get it out this of your head. The curse of the '80s video. You cannot get that out of your head. Okay, right. I, did not I know get you'll that get one. the next one. Okay, I that's one you didn't get. I know. You, I'll, I'll miss this one just for you, guys. Okay? And you'll get the you next better one. I know intentionally, this one. but I, I, I feel you're not I feel defeat it. in the air. I feel defeat in the air. No, no, and it's also not condescension. So just <laughs> calm your shit down. <laughs> of course not. When I'm going to be defeated? Uh, hmm. When it comes to loving me, she's worst. Oh, wow. When it comes to being loved, she's first. That's how I know. When it comes to loving me. Is it the first cut is the deepest? And, of course, well, we could say Cat Stevens or we could say Rod Stewart. Because Cat Stevens wrote it. What? You have to pick one. Oh. Oh, bullshit. (laughs) I did this to you last time. It's like, I'm sorry. It's so-and-so by so-and-so. That's right. You did. Uh, I'm going with Rod Stewart. No. No. The other one. Do the no. what's the other one? Cat Stevens. Yes, that's oh, the right I, one. I, I knew who wrote it. You got it. Alright, here's the this is the easy this is the, the, the salve on the wound here. Okay. Ready for the salve? Here it comes. Oh I'm I'm used to just wound. Okay. And I don't want you and I don't need you. Don't bother to resist or I'll beat you. She's singing it in tune. I, I know, I know, I know. Uh 
Don't bother to resist or I'll beat ya. It's not your fault that you're always wrong. The weak ones are there to justify the strong. Oops, I thought that would be enough. Let this me see. This is where a humming would come in handy. Well, I think you know how it goes. You were oh, oh I see what you mean. If I were to hum, hum the chorus. Combine various with no, hummingbirds? That's not right. I, yeah. know. That's, I know. It's a bridge too far. And I, you, you were singing it, though. And I don't want you. And I don't need you. Yeah, but I can't remember. Bother to resist or I'll beat you. But I can't remember. The thing about this one, it's, it's all relative to the size of your steeple. <laughs> it's Marilyn Manson, the beautiful people. I, I, mean, uh, right. I think you got that one. Yeah. <laughs> the beautiful people. Beautiful pizza. That's right. Because I was like, I know that song. I I fucking love that song. Yeah, I gotta admit that's a good song. It's a fucking yeah. great song. All right. Well, shit. Okay. So, how many did I miss? Only one. That's because you <laughs> gave me two. So I really only got one. Oh, don't look at it that way. <laughs> you didn't want to hear that. I, I, I don't want to hear that either. You know? <laughs> okay. I didn't want to hear either of those. You don't want to hear anything. I wanted to hear that less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's various, and uh, yeah, you know, the 555th cut is the deepest, so uh, I've, I've been, it cuts both ways. That, that cut pretty deep. Yeah, it did, I think so. The only thing that I can do now is I can probably just, like you said, salve my wounds with another artist. And didn't I say the last one was the last one? Well, no, just because I like to keep your ass guessing. So we now I was have... totally buying that, and I yeah. got the format right in front of me, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we have Forlock and Arawak, and this is Demfino. So this song is fucking fantastic. So this is reggae from Italy. Now, here's What's the up with thing. Europe and all the reggae and ska, right? And it's fucking brilliant, right? So, you know, reggae, as we talked about, originated in Jamaica. But, man, has it taken off everywhere. Most of the bands on Bandcamp that I ran across, and I'm just randomly going through, most of those bands are from other countries. Spain, you know, you've got Italy. We have some, I think, even in Singapore. So I was like, wow, just brilliant stuff, though. And, and I think all of this can be can be attributed to Bob Marley's influence because, I mean, you, you weren't around back then, but in the 70s, and here we are with, you know, Kiss Army and shit, reading Cream and Circus magazine, and this guy, Bob Marley, is popping up with full-page ads in these, in these uh, rags. And it was like, you got to hear the Whalers. You got to hear Bob Marley. And, Seriously. Uh, I mean, this was, we young suburban rock-crazed kids, were introduced to Marley way, way, way back then, and his. Uh, this is why reggae is so popular all over the world. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he taught us all how to do it. Seriously, so this gentleman is Alfredo, and he's from Cesare, Sardinia, originally. He has a versatile voice that allows him to croon smoothly, which is so great, and then rap, speak, sing however you like to view it quickly. And he applies the perfect blend of vocal effects, which I love. It's such a great tune. The organ is swirly and spacey, and it complements the dreamy soundscape throughout. Demwa Fino means they want to know what's wrong with you. As for me, I'm Irie. Fight them when I saw one, I don't say what a pity. The boy to be forced as a victim of the iniquity. As long as them are players in this game, we can't quit it. How long we want the prayers while we suffer by the wicked? 
We call them contract murders, them not look for reasons Only evil I get them like fancy party protect the ravers Bullshit in this business, white people lying from this is Now let this try them wishes, no The one fi know now, I walk one You know the system, the man sitting from them safe culture The one fi know now, I walk one You know the city would I shine where them come around The man fi know now, I walk one You know the system, the man sitting from them safe culture The man fi know now, I walk one the city will I shine where them come around Them one fi tell us we alive Certain life now one we fi rise But we shall rise open Open up your eyes See that bullshit and tricks where we buy Follow in the fashion industry life uh, In a this year time when we fight fi modernize uh, Modern manners, them not care about them child uh, In the future if you know I will survive uh, Give them you the knowledge, them chance fi rise up Sitting on them safe culture and the man fi know now. I walk one. You know the city woulda shine where them come around. The man fi know now. I walk one. You know the system them a sitting on them safe culture and the man fi know now. I walk one. You know the city woulda shine where them come around. Round them road, never let them reach way. Refuse for the past six feet and we a tell them so. Shut them. Tell your secrets Me now and them fit with me again The man fi know now I walk one You know the system Them a sitting on them safe culture The man fi know now I walk one You know the city Would I shine where them Come around The man fi know now I walk one You know the system Them a sitting on them safe culture The man fi know now I walk one You know the city Would I shine where them I don't say what a pity The boy to be forced as a victim of the iniquity As long as them are players in this game we can't quit it How long we won't be prayers while we suffer by the wicked We call them contract murders, them not look for reasons Only evil I get them like fancy party protect the ravers Bullshit in this business, why people lying from disease Now one destroy and waste now people wishes eh, Me need no preachers, now to me back on me bridges Yes, we are sons of a world run by ambitious leeches We need survival teachings, we don't want no more speeches Just through time and attacking, we want the people and feelings Okay, that was Forlock and Arawak with Demfino, and you can find them on Facebook at F-O-R-E-L-O-C-K Official. All right, it's time for a wonderful feature we call an albatrossity, because 
there's no bird that sounds like abomination. So, okay, so we're going to go with albatrossity, which is really, really cute, I must say. I think so. And uh, for this feature, we discuss bad behavior, poor choices, substance abuse, or criminal behaviors that have marred bands or artists' music and or the music scene. Oof. Yeah, and I know it's hard to imagine those fine, upstanding role models we know as rock musicians ever committing unlawful or indecent acts. But, you know, the law of averages dictates that even one of these gallant knights will sooner or later tarnish his armor. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can try to hold it down, but it's hard. <laughs> and this evening, to prove no one is infallible, we'll be looking at the Sir Galahad of rock himself, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> I'll pause here as as they do in stage shows to give the audience a chance to stop belly laughing <laughs> so they can hear what I'm going to say next. I'm because, so sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, no, I, I, in fact, they're doing it too. You know, and I, I suppose we could uh, be doing a top 10 for this individual as Mr. Manson is widely regarded by ex-friends, ex-lovers, ex-bandmates, law enforcement, and the creatures sucking scum at the bottom of your local pond as an all-around fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want Laugh. Of course I want you to laugh. Because it'll the force of suggestion will make the audience think what I'm saying is funny. It is funny. <laughs> you think so. Now, many of these rock stars with the wildest and craziest onstage personas are really the soccer dads next door. And you know, Alice Cooper being a notable example. But not only by his own admission, but based on the accounts of everybody who's ever been near him... <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Manson is not putting on an act. No. <laughs> and here's just one of the entries on Marilyn Manson's rap sheet. On July 30th, 2001, Manson was playing the show at DTE Energy Theater in a suburb of Detroit. There's a dicey proposition right there. Uh, <laughs> right? Manson was performing while only wearing a thong and pantyhose. Okay, that's a pretty dicey proposition, too. <laughs> so so hot. There's a lot of things lining up here. This is like a harmonic <laughs> convergence. Uh, we, at one point in the show, Manson focused his attention on a security guard named Joshua Kiesler. Manson apparently spit on Kiesler's head. That's assault, by the way. Sure. Then wrapped his legs around his head, rubbing his genitals against the back of Kiesler's head and neck. Gentlemen, gentlemen, yeah. a true gentleman. Absolutely. A few weeks later, Manson learned Kiesler's sense of humor drew the line at actual criminal behavior as the rock star was arrested for felony fourth-degree criminal sexual assault. He pleaded no contest to misdemeanor charge and paid a $4,000 fine. That's just to the court, though. He also settled with the security guard for an undisclosed amount i.e. probably a lot. <laughs> I'm sure a lot. <laughs> now, personally, I'd like to salute the guard in this case for maintaining his professional composure because it would have been very tempting to pull Manson down to a standing position and wear his skinny ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Of course, giving him the beatdown he deserved would have probably resulted in the guard being attacked by the crowd of crazed fans and torn to pieces like a scene out of a fucking George Romero movie. So... <laughs> You never know. You never know. But Manson was later arrested and sued, and the guard was paid an undisclosed sum, as we said. Uh, now, spitting is bad enough. I don't think there's any excuse for that. It's, I mean, that's so awful. It, it's vile. It's assault. Bodily fluids. Uh, yeah, you got to draw the line on this one. And <laughs> the worst part about this case, I think, was having the star of the show you were doing your duty to keep safe publicly humiliate you like that. Of course, if many, many accounts are to be believed, Marilyn Manson has earned a PhD in degrading, using, and humiliating people. <laughs> in fact, he has an active warrant out for his arrest as we speak. 
That's true. He's wanted in one state for spitting on a photographer and then blowing snot on the photographer. Uh, so he has an active warrant right now. He's also been dropped from his label, and all kinds of uh, stuff has happened to him. He's been dropped by his label and shunned by virtually everyone who's ever known him, including <laughs> the man who launched his career and started and produced his first album, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Uh, you know, Mr. Brian Warner was raised in a church, and I think maybe he needs to go back and learn a little humility, perhaps. You know? <laughs> so, oh my God, albatrosity indeed. That uh, is albatrosity. Pick an albatrosity, any albatrosity. You got a deck full of them with this guy. There's you know? so many. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh well, I think you know maybe this feature was tailor made for that uh, gentleman, and I use that term loosely, apparently. Yeah. Well, that brings us to what is almost the end of the show, but not quite yet, because we are sharing what the new theme is. And you might be thinking, well, shit, are we going to go back to themes or are we going to continue this Freebird ride? And I'm like, well, shit, let's continue the Freebird ride for a little bit longer. So pop rock is a music genre which mixes a catchy pop style and light lyrics typically in this guitar-based rocks in guitar-based rock songs. Now, there are varying definitions of the term ranging from a slower, mellower form of pop rock to a subgenre of pop music. So, you know, what does that really mean? Well, that means, you know, it's accessible. It's something that, you know, is not nearly or typically dark, you know, with the exception if you think of something like, oh, Toxic by Britney Spears. You're thinking Toxic, well, that's pretty dark. Is it, though? Listen to the lyrics, listen to the song. And other examples, or actually rather examples in addition to, to Britney, who, you know, she's, it doesn't fall into the rock category, more pop. But let's talk about the Beatles, U2, Eagles, Queen, Journey, Elton John, and more. So they have a little bit of everything. They've got the guitars. They've got the pop. They've got everything. They've got the clothes. They've got uh, I everything. I thought of a great example. Oh, do it. Rock set. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? That they, is a They great really one. do rock hard. They kick ass. You listen well, to that song, did. Joyride. I know, right? I can't even. But they're also super pop, too. They really are. I mean, and it's slick as hell, and it's perfect. Uh, it, yeah, Roxette is a really great one. So if you, uh, if any of those folks are your role models or what you look to to model your band after, then we definitely want to hear your music. Now, this is different from straight pop. We're talking pop rock, which has guitars in it. You know, it's going to be probably a little more kick-ass. So just think about that. So if you're going to turn in some straight pop, I'm going to hold it for our, quote, straight pop freebird whenever that happens. So yeah, you got to have little teeth on these. Gotta ha- a little exactly, bit. just a little bit, right? Just... A little bit. So that is what we're looking for from you. And obviously you will see that out on Birds of a Feather's page and the like. And if you know, let's say you're not pop rock and you know people who are, tell them to submit. And where do you submit? Well, I'm glad you asked. Both on air at gmail.com. Oh, no. David. What? It's parting is such sweet sorrow. I hate this part. Oh, I thought I, thought I spilled something again. Yep. You might have. Yep. Yeah, you may have. I'm not sure. So, what is the homework? Because, you know, I always assign you something because I'm that bitchy teacher. We want to know what you think of the Foo Fighters. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you think they're overrated? Do you wish Nirvana was still around and fuck the Foo Fighters? Where are you at? I definitely want to know. This is definitely something Dave and I have been discussing for quite a while, so it'll be fun to hear him weigh in. and hopefully I'll fun, zip it for now. Hopefully fun to hear me weigh in. Yes, we'll, we shall zip it and keep our opinions to ourselves at this moment and just remember we don't do that a lot but in this case we will because we don't want it 
We don't want to influence you. Save it up to spew next time. That's correct. There will be future spewing. So I'm going to be quiet now because I think that only leaves for one thing. You you don't mean the part where we wrap this puppy up in a neat little blanket, do you? I I did, actually. All right. Well, next from What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather is a new episode of Winging It. And remember, your boys are coming at you every week. Uh, subscribe to our feed at both on air, B-O-A-F on air dot podbean, like it sounds, B-E-A-N dot com. And enable notifications so you never miss a show or subscribe and listen on your favorite platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon, uh, Audible app, uh, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, just so many, so, so many, many, too many. And even though we want you to sign up for notifications, we have a new show every week, so all you got to do is just go look, and we'll be there. That's right. Some, some, uh, some new offering we'll for you. We'll be there. When the chips are down, we're the cats who won't cop out when there's we'll danger there. all about. That was really a lovely little moment we had there. The little, like, you're speaking over the singing. I'm so sorry. I know. I loved it. <laughs> I, it feels like kind of like... You were like you were like accompaniment. It was yeah, almost exactly. like this is the, like the end of movie cheesy That's stuff. Correct. Which exactly. we both love end of movie cheesy stuff. Uh, rom-coms and things like that. Oh, I started singing. That was a mistake. <laughs> it's not a mistake. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, just look. For, just call our names or just look. We'll be there. We'll be there. And, of course, there's always archives. And, uh, well, they know this stuff. And that, I suppose, only leaves for you to say. Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.